0: My hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Hello alumni, we're back with another episode of After Four, the podcast that's just for you. I'm your host, John Steele, and as always, it is great to be with you again today. If you're a brand new listener, welcome for the first time. I'm so glad that you're here. So we're down to just the last couple official episodes here before we wrap up for the season, but we've still got some fun things up our sleeves before the end, and maybe even for after the end as well. You just have to wait and see on that one. Hint, wink. I do want to remind you really quickly about our giveaway, though, because time is running short. You've only got a few days left to enter before we close it down on Thursday the 15th. We want to pass along some of the amazing offerings on hand from After 4 guests this season, We have books from authors who joined us. We have products made by alumni-owned businesses who also joined us. And you're going to want to get your hands on some of these items. And there are two different ways that you can enter the giveaway. Your first option, find our post about it on Instagram or Facebook. Follow us, like the post, and tag three of your friends and you'll be entered to win. Your second option, and what's really cool about this one, is we found out that for many of you, After 4 was among your top five podcasts for the year. So first of all, thank you for listening. You have no idea how excited I was when I saw that. Absolutely amazing. And we want a chance to show you some love too. So if that's you, if After 4 was one of your top five podcasts on Spotify, put that picture from your 2022 wrapped in a story and tag us in it. That will also get you entered into the giveaway. Then, once you've entered, be sure to tune into next week's episode. That's December 20th, our last episode of the season. And while we're there, we're going to announce the winners for the giveaway. And it just might be you. But as for today, if you've been listening for a while, you've likely heard me mention how often we have to cut parts of our conversations with guests as we prep for the episodes. Sometimes it's just because I'm stammering and asking the same question five different ways until I actually like how it sounds, but many times, our guests just have too many good stories and we can't share them all because of time. Well, today, we start to remedy that. And since we're barreling down on Urbana 22, we're going to hear some guest stories about Urbana experiences that didn't make the original airing. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to fudge on that statement just a little bit. Because we're returning to my conversation with Claire, an alumna who joined us on the podcast last October. And we actually did get to hear a portion of Claire's Urbana story, but today you get to hear it in its entirety. It's one of the standout memories from her time as a grad student within our varsity, and it was majorly impactful in her decision to continue pursuing a career in her field of study. Here's Claire. <laughs> As you think about your time in InterVarsity, whether undergrad or grad level, are there any particular memories that stand out to you as like, wow, this was a really great memory of something fun that happened maybe at a chapter camp or something on campus that you did or something that was just particularly meaningful, something that was particularly developmental for you in your faith? Is there anything you look back on and just remember with great fondness?
1: I would say Urbana 2018. Going in, I didn't have any sort of expectation but it was an interesting season and I think God really used it to work in my life. So this goes back to, I think, second year of my graduate school. And at that point, I was also thinking in terms of what does it look like for me to live life with an eternal purpose and not to waste life in a sense. And that has always been at the back of my mind. And I was also thinking, well, what does it mean if Say I go into industry and get a technical job, would that be more or less valuable and eternal perspective than being a full-time mission or doing ministry full-time? And I was stuck at this place when I didn't know exactly, well, if I go into full-time ministry, what does it mean for all these years that I just learned all these knowledge and in the technical field? Are they going to be wasted? And actually, it was interesting timing. I think God also was in the church that I was part of in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They were going to start this beta course. And it's for people who are thinking of ministry, either full-time or part-time. And it was going to start January next year. So I signed up for it. So... I got an application form that I had to fill and also pray through it and think about it. And it was interesting as I was thinking more about it and also still struggling about it. The deadline was January the next year, 2019. So I thought, well, why don't I just leave it for a moment? And then I go to Urbana and I always hear that this is a mission conference where people get more time with God, more cultural relationship with God. in a a compact time and I think I would just go and see what happens. So toward the end, I still remember I was praying and I was getting convinced that since I was put in this technical field for so long that God has me here for a reason, that I'm not going to just abandon this. And at this point, at least, I was pretty convinced that I was going to continue in the tech field. And it is a field where it needs a lot of witnesses and it means the gospel. And I should be a faithful witness in the technical field where I am already at. So toward the end, that was, I think, New Year's Eve, I messaged my interviewer staff. I said, well, can we talk for a bit? Because I was still couldn't get over this part where I think, well, if I am going to live a life in the industry, it can be an excellent life and an extravagant life with higher income for sure. And I struggled to understand how that Look like to be a faithful Christian in the sense that, well, I'm not going to store up a lot of money for myself and how that would impact the way I see God, the way I interact with people, the way I see them, myself and my identity. And I was talking to my interdisciplinary staff, and he mentioned actually one of our elders at our church, and he's a great example of a faithful witness in his field. He's a professor at the medical school, and he's not living an struggling life. But God is really using him in the field where he is a faithful witness and people see him. He has been put in this position where he has authoritative in his field, but people also see his work. They see how he interacts with people and they become curious also. And he is an outspoken Christian and definitely a good witness. So that was actually a turning point to me in terms of realizing it is true that in the technical field, there are a lot of needs, and I am here for a reason. And so I think that sort of led up to me continue to pursue my degree and continue until I get a job. And then, of course, whether it's going to change, only God knows. But I think that is a big shift, and Urbana has a big influence on me.
0: Thanks, Claire. So glad that you caught a vision for being a faithful witness in your field as a result of Urbana 18. Undoubtedly, your coworkers are all the better for it. And hey, a belated congratulations on getting married this summer. If any of you would like to hear the rest of Claire's story, check out episode 18 from October 26th, 2021. And fun fact, Claire actually edited several episodes of the podcast this summer. You can check out the Leading Through a Pandemic episode with Elisha and both of the Starter's Guide to Grad School episodes with Choma to hear Claire's excellent handiwork. Thanks again for doing that, Claire. Okay, next we're going to hear from UMD alumna Esther. I loved getting to chat with Esther this spring about her experiences as a PA. Two things you didn't get to hear, though. One, was Esther so graciously correcting me before we started recording that PA stands for Physician Assistant, not Physician's Assistant. A difference that the ignorant and uninitiated like myself had no concept of before this. The closest category I had for it in my brain was, say, the difference between assistant regional manager and assistant to the regional manager, except that this actually matters. So thank you, Esther, for not letting me sound like a total dummy through the whole episode. Uh, The second thing you didn't get to hear was the way that long before being a PA, Urbana 15 helped expand Esther's empathy and compassion for her chapter mates of color as she grew to better understand what it was like for them to connect with Jesus in oftentimes predominantly white settings. It's an important thing for all of us to be aware of. And here's Esther helping us learn that. As you think about your time with InterVarsity and the friends that you made in that space, are there any particular stories that stand out to you? Things that are like, man, I look back on this moment. This was really meaningful or just a really enjoyable time that I got to have with my chapter.
2: Yeah, I feel like there was a ton of things. Obviously, going to Urbana. And just like my mind being blown open with things that the Lord cares about and the ways that he's working in different groups across our country and across our world.
0: I mean, this is an Urbana year. So Urbana is coming up again this December. (laughs) So tell me just a little bit more about what your, when, do you remember what year it was that you were at Urbana and if there are any things that really stand out to you from that time that you remember?
2: Yeah, I think it was 2015, um, winter 2015. I apologize if that's wrong, Um, but
0: That was in Urbana, year. So I think that was the one. Then
2: that was the only time I could have gone. We had just started a Black Campus Ministries group and our chapter at UMD, and I remember I think the very first night standing next to one of my friends for like the first, like they did an act every night and Jesus was African-American. And I remember the student sitting next to me, she was like, I've never seen a Jesus that looks like me. And I think my heart just broke in that moment because I've always seen Jesus done white and it's always been easy for me to connect that way on like Jesus is similar to me in that regard. And so that was just really amazing. Just like that kind of like set the tone of like, we're going to learn a ton of this Urbana. <laughs> we're going to see God in whole new ways. And so that was amazing being able to bond as a chapter and seeing there's just so many different tracks that you can take there and how, you know, each person had like God has laid different passions on their heart and being able to come together and connect and see how God was working in each of our lives was really great
0: you know, Urbana is labeled the Urbana Missions Conference. And so I wonder for somebody that has not gone into like full-time missions, would you say that your time at Urbana was still beneficial even for someone who doesn't go into full-time missions as their job down the road? Would you still encourage someone to go to Urbana even if they're not going to have that kind of experience in their life?
2: Yeah, totally. I think at the least it was a way for me to like learn learn how God works in others' lives and learn how to like worship our Lord amongst people that are totally different to me. And I just think that was so beautiful being able to like come together as a whole group and worshiping God in different languages and with different cultural contexts and seeing how the Lord is so massive. And I can't, with just like me and my like single family and culture that I understand the Lord and I'm not seeing all of God. And so being able to experience him through other people's eyes was, was really beautiful
0: which is a part of growing in our own personal and local mission, which is vital for all of us to understand that you don't have to go overseas. You can be doing missions in your backyard with your neighbors because of having these experiences of the greatness of God, the many fasts of God being revealed to you of like, oh man, there are things that other people understand about God that I don't. And having that understanding makes me more capable of doing ministry across the street or across the ocean, you know, whatever it is that God's called me to.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think when you're not partaking and you're not saying yes to those opportunities that you're missing out on seeing God in a bigger picture.
0: Thanks again for joining us, Esther, and preemptive congratulations to you and your husband as you wait for the newest addition to your family. If you'd like to hear more from Esther, you can check out her episode, Life as a PA. That's episode 29 from March 22nd. Up next is someone you've heard on the podcast a few different times, Choma. Choma is a judicial law clerk in St. Louis, Missouri, and she and I got to spend a couple episodes chatting about best practices for surviving grad school, or in her case, law school. But before that, Choma joined us for an episode sharing about how she came to know Jesus, her decision to join InterVarsity staff, and the events that led her to law school and now a career practicing the law itself. One of the moments that we just couldn't squeeze in, though, was a brief story from her time at Urbana as a student. It was a moment that continued to spur her toward the law as a place to partner with Jesus in pursuing kingdom-oriented justice. Here's Choma. Now, I understand there was an Urbana experience that you had, a speaker from IJM, I think. Tell me just a little bit about that experience.
3: Yep, so that was my senior year. So after going to several urban projects, both summer spring break, went to Urbana and I heard a speaker from IJM. She was an attorney with IJM. And, you know, she told just one of the most compelling stories that I'd heard about human trafficking and the work that they were doing in it. And she told a story about this woman who, you know, was basically in a brothel who was a sex slave, essentially. And they had been working to try to release her. You know, they came in and essentially rescued her and, you know, talked about how she had written scripture on the walls, had written prayers. I mean, a story that really leaves an imprint on your mind, right? And I think at that point, that was really when I was like, wow, this Jesus and justice, Jesus cares about modern day slavery, right? We obviously know that that is a thing. And Jesus is in the business of releasing modern day slaves, right? I mean, and I thought that that was really compelling. And also the fact that she was obviously an attorney and someone that had studied the law and was applying it in a way that was setting people free from the chains of injustice. That was incredibly inspiring and obviously added to my attraction to the law.
0: Chioma, that was such a fun conversation. It's encouraging to know that we have alumni like you who are using their calling to bring about God's kingdom in some really amazing ways. Thanks again for joining me. You all can catch the rest of this conversation with Chioma on episode 33 from April 19th. And you can check out our grad school conversation from July 19th and 26th, A Starter's Guide to Grad School. All right, we've reached our final revisit here. This time, it's someone you're going to see at Urbana in just two short weeks. That's right. It's your worship director, Imer Santiago. I surprised Imer with these two questions. Sorry again, Imer. But he had some really great thoughts. We just didn't have room with the rest of the amazing Urbana news that we got to talk about. So you're going to hear his thoughts on ways that Urbana challenged him. If there's something you can expect to experience at Urbana, it's dissonance. It happens to all of us and it's good for us. And he also shares some ways that Urbana has been instrumental in developing his relationship with God. Last one. Here's Amer. Sorry, Amer, I didn't prepare you for the next two questions that I'm going to ask (laughs) you. So... Uh, But as you think back to that first Urbana experience or any Urbana experience that you've had up to this point, is there anything in particular that challenged you or created dissonance in you as you were experiencing it that you can remember? And if so, how did you handle that?
4: That's great. Great question. I think one of the challenges that I felt was, how do I spend my money? And as a recent college grad back then, you don't have much of it to spend. And then in the other urbanas that I've attended since then, you know, with a job and you're starting to make a little bit of more income and you wonder, okay, how can I spend some of the finances that are coming in? A challenge to really think about how am I investing my money? Can I give towards ministries? Can I give towards initiatives? globally, and even just start thinking that way, right? Like, for example, there are places on this earth where it's very difficult to access clean water. I take that for granted. It's kind of like, of course, my water is going to be clean. And if there's some issue, city better jump on it or whatever, you know, the local utility company, but thinking more outside of just my community and my sphere of influence, what's going on around the world, that there could be that there are people groups that still have yet to hear the good news of Jesus, but every Sunday we're going to church and we take it for granted that we're hearing the gospel or studying scripture. And there's nothing wrong with those things, right? They're good and healthy, but that there's a work to be done. And it's not just for pastors and missionaries that each of us has a role. So I think finances and just thinking outside the box of how I could contribute and that when all of us contribute in some way, even prayer, right? It's still something that has eternal impact. So it's not like, oh, I'm just doing a little thing. All of us have a role to play and our roles do have impact.
0: And would you say, whether it's related to those things specifically or something else, how would you say that your relationship with God has changed because of being at Urbana?
4: For sure, one of the primary ways is understanding that God is receiving worship and praise from his children all over the world and not just in English or not just in Spanish, but in Swahili, in Mandarin. Even right now, right somewhere on the world around the world, someone is worshiping God not just in different languages, but maybe just different formats, right? Maybe they're dancing and maybe in certain churches here in the United States, we wouldn't dance in a service, but maybe in another country that's appropriate. So I I think that has really been a huge part, even in my role this year, of having conversations with believers from different cultures and saying, hey, how can we have honoring representation of different people groups, different styles, different languages? But I think that's a huge that's that's a big concept to understand that our concept of who God is will never be quite large enough, right? He's infinite. He's eternal. We're not. So we'll journey our whole lives learning more about our great global God. And I think that's important to continually dwell on. Like, Lord, I want to know more about you. And one of the ways we can learn more about him is through meeting more
0: people on the earth that he created. Thanks so much, Imer, for making space in your full schedule to join us on After 4. If you didn't know, being the Urbana 22 worship director isn't Ymir's only gig. He's also a husband, a father, the band director, in a local school. Time is one thing that this guy didn't have an abundance of this fall, and yet he still made time for us. Thanks again, Ymir. I'm really looking forward to worshiping with you at Urbana in a couple of weeks. You all can enjoy the rest of that conversation from September 6th, called Urbana 22 Preview, Get to Know Your Worship Director. Lots of great stories, and Ymir plays us a laid-back version of a song that we're going to get to hear at Urbana. Very cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed these little snippets from past episodes. Keep your ears open, because there may be a few more coming your way in the near future. Hint, wink, again. And then be sure to come on back next week for the last episode of the season. It's going to be a little different. My good friend Steve Beatty is going to join me, but he's not going to be the guest. I will be. We're going to chat a bit about my own post-college experiences, and then have some behind-the-scenes conversations about some of my favorite moments from this season on After 4. Don't worry, I feel absolutely zero pressure, no anxiety whatsoever about people tuning into my own episode. (sighs) But for more than my own pride, I really do hope you'll join us. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to chat with a guy who's been around for literally my entire post-college life. Plus, we're all going to find out together what it's like when it's me in the hot seat instead of a guest. And then we're also going to reveal our winners for the giveaway. So be sure to check out Facebook and Instagram or tag us in a post with After 4 in your 2022 wrap from Spotify and get yourself entered and then come on back next week. You just might get to hear your name. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe, rate and review and share After 4 with all your friends. It is a huge help to us when you do. And as always, thanks for tuning in. I will see you in the After Alumni.